0: Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rockies-centric podcast powered by Mile High Sports. I am your co-host, Anilo Pira, one half of our uh, the crew that makes up our Colorado Rockies content here at Mile High Sports. My partner, Luke Zalman, is off the podcast grind today, but he's busy typing away for those feature articles that you could check out online at MileHighSports.com. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, this is just the latest installment, like I said, of the twentieth of Blake podcast. You're gonna want to check out all the podcasts on Spreaker or online at MileHighSports.com. In addition to our feature articles, our game takeaways, our columns, um, you know, all that good stuff involving your Colorado Rockies. And you know, if you like more than just the Rockies and you're a Denver sports fan, Mile High Sports is your one-stop shop for all things Denver sports. Um, I know our Broncos team had stuff locked down last night with the draft. T.J. McBride, who's our our head honcho over there at the Nuggets, with the Nuggets beat, he has been locking things down as this as this uh, as the Nuggets kind of work through their playoff experience right now and whatnot. Uh, the avalanche as well, our avalanche team doing a great job overall. So any of the four major sports teams from the preps to the pros, you're going to want to check out MileHighSports.com. again, the best and the largest, most diverse all purpose sports website in the city of Denver and in the state of Colorado for that matter. Um, in addition to one of the best looking magazines I've ever seen in my life. If you have never picked up a copy of my life sports magazine, you're definitely going to want to do so editor in chief, Doug autobelt does a fantastic job with every month's issue. Um, Crazy covers, awesome stories. You can find some of my work in there as well. So um, be sure to check that out. And also the radio station. I I produce TV for Eric and Les on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Shapiro. That is from. 4 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, Mountain Time. So if you want good, exhilarating sports talk, check out the station. Our entire lineup is stacked with great, great on-air talent and really some unique perspectives and takes. You can find them online, stream them online at mountainisports.com, or if you're in the Denver metro area, tune in on your radios to AM 1340 FM 1047. But this is a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast, like I kind of talked about as my computer decides to kind of just go off here randomly. But listen, the, the Rockies, <laughs> you know, I've done a couple podcasts earlier this season where we weren't really sure of the state of this team. I mean, they, they looked like they were in total disarray. They were battered by injury after injury after injury. Their starting rotation was a mess. There was a lot of issues for this club. But, you know, here as of late, the Rockies coming off a, a really solid seven game homestand in which they went five and two, um, had an off day yesterday, and now going to be heading on the road for what is this, a seven game set um, starting tonight in Atlanta before trickling over to Milwaukee for a rematch of that National League Division series against the Brewers in a four game set. So, um, a couple nice challenges here for the Rockies and two perennial playoff teams in the Atlanta Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers. Listen, the, the Rockies, it, let's talk about this homestand here real quick. Uh, uh, really solid, like I said, 5-2. and Not on three win, Three out of four against the Phillies and two of three against the Nationals. Um, two teams that are you know, considered to be some of the best in the National League. Two teams that are absolutely going to be vying for um, spots in the postseason come to the end of the year. So really, really solid showing from the Rockies and, and a really good display of the resiliency that we've kind of seen so far this season. Uh, there was a couple instances where they were down late. A big home run from Nolan, a big base hit from Mark Reynolds and whatnot. Um, so good overall team baseball was played at at Coors Field here this past week, so hopefully some of that mojo and that good momentum will carry on over to the road as the Rockies are now set to take on the Atlanta Braves with first pitch scheduled for 5:20 tonight uh, Mountain Time, with the game being. In Atlanta, So let's just run down um, real quick the, the probable pitchers and whatnot. Um, actually, before we do that, let's get to a little bit of news. Um, I, I've seen from my good friends Thomas Harding and, Pat- and, and Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post. Thomas Harding of MOU.com. Um, this is from his tweet. Left-handed pitcher Kyle Freeland, who is placed on the 10-day disabled with to tis- 10-day injured list excuse me disabled list and I kind of that was weird the injured list I cannot stop saying disabled list and it's so annoying like call me old call me whatever you want it just doesn't make much sense to me why did we have to go from disabled to injured what's the difference except the terminology I mean it, it means the same thing overall whatever um but Kyle Freeland you know the Rockies perennial eight A- "Quote unquote ace." I don't think he's ace status yet, you know, in terms of all of Major League Baseball. But you know, their number one pitcher in the starting rotation um, was placed on the ten day injured list with a blister on his left index finger, so he will miss his he, he will miss his uh, next current start that he's scheduled to make, um, you know, by being on that ten day IL. Uh, but this is again coming from Thomas Harding. Freeland threw all of his pitches in a full bullpen session today, and felt that the left middle finger blister is no problem. Harding says he should fit back into the starting Monday at the Brewers, no official announcement. So, you know, take Harding legitimate, take Saunders legitimate. They're absolutely correct. Bud Black has a tendency to not announce things until the day of, if at all. You know, oftentimes we'll just kind of get an email or a press release saying, oh, this transaction happened and whatnot. But, you know, all reports, all signs indicating that Kyle Freeland will be back on the mound for the Rockies Come Monday against the Milwaukee Brewers in a rematch, like I said, of that National League Division Series. Uh, we'll be interesting to see what kind of shape the Rockies are in following this set against Atlanta. Um, you know, Atlanta's a pretty solid team, so you would obviously hope that they continue their winning ways, maybe taking two out of three here on the road, um, you know, to give Freeland some, you know, further some momentum as Freeland makes his first start coming off the injured list. Um, but that that's a really, really great sign for but uh, for the Rockies and Bud black. I mean, speaking with Freeland before, when he went on the injury list that happened while they were here in Colorado, he said that it just kind of affected the way that he could grip his pitches. Um, I mean, you know, the slider, the fastball, the curveball they were all a little bit more difficult to deal with. Um, and and it's just one of those pesky injuries that you really just have to let heal on its own. You know, you can't really ice it. You can't just rip off the blister. Um, it's got to harden up and the skin's got to grow over it and kind of heal on its own. So like I said, a pesky injury for Freeland, um, and, you know, for what it's worth, he did say that if this was later on the season and the Rockies were playing in the playoffs or they were vying for a postseason spot, that he would absolutely take the mound. This was more so just a precaution. You don't want it to get worse over the course of the season, you know, especially here as we sit on April 26th um, at 3 o'clock. So, I, I, you know, there, there's plenty of baseball left to play for the Rockies and Kyle Freeland. So a precautionary move for them. So all signs indicating, like I said, that Kyle Freeland will be on the mound for the Rockies come Monday, which is definitely a great thing. But let's take a look at this three-game series against the Atlanta Braves. When kind of the pitching outlook that the Rockies are going to be going with, some interesting uh, matchups, you know, for the, in the Rockies' perspective. Um, game one here tonight, we have Antonio Cintatella opposing Max Freed or Fried. I don't know how you say his last name of the Atlanta Braves. Cintatella one one with a three five five ERA this season. Freed or Fried with a 3 and o record with a one point three eight ERA so far this season. So pretty decent stuff from the Atlanta starter um Sentitella, he from from talking with people within the organization and people with knowledge of the situation as well he has earned the right to cement himself in the Rockies rotation you know and I'll talk about Chad Bettis and Tyler Anderson here in a little bit but Senzatella the Rockies are you know are giving him the keys to cement himself in that rotation for the foreseeable future Um, to my knowledge the Rockies do view Senzatella as a starting pitcher at this point in time despite having used him in a relief role in years past so that's definitely something to keep an eye on but like I said Senzatella at this point in time seems like if he succeeds he's going to stay in the rotation so um, like I said one in one with a three .55 ERA, so marginal decent for Senzatella so far he's had a good start and kind of a rough start um, but listen he, he's known for his tenacity on the mound and his mental toughness if he gives up a home run or if he gives up a grand slam it doesn't matter you know he's going to feel the same way after that as he does when he strikes somebody out or strikes out the side uh, he's very level-headed which is definitely a good quality to have in a starting pitcher so we'll see what Senzatella does now in his third start of the season against Atlanta I be- on the road this will be his second one on the road I believe he started in San Diego on the Rockies last road trip so you you know, Senzatello is kind of one of these back end of the rotation guys the Rockies are hoping blossoms this season. Uh, a youngster under the age of 26. So Senzatello with really, really a, a big opportunity to make a name for himself with tonight's start, you know, kind of being another uh, page in, in the book, per se, for Senzatello's career. Moving along here, we have John Gray, who's set to start game two. Again, it's Mike. Oh, my. I don't even know how to say this. I, I'm not even, I don't even get to say that. Um, He hasn't even made a start this year for Atlanta. So uh, let's talk about John, though. You know, John has been one of the most interesting pitchers for the Rockies this season. Um, You know, in speaking with him at spring training, he was one of the few guys that went up to driveline, which is a analytically driven data baseball science center. um, And he kind of reinvented himself as a pitcher. He said that when he went up there, he stripped his pitches down to the bare bones, tried to figure out why pitches move certain ways, why his arm slot, you know, how that affects pitches and whatnot, really became a student of the game this offseason and, like I said, reinvented himself mentally as a pitcher. We all know physically he can throw, you know, he can get up there sitting at 97, 98 miles an hour. It's the mental toughness that's come into question with John. And, you know, recently he's been really, really solid for the Rockies, um, blossomed into, uh, you know, a consistent starter. You know, I, I get it, albeit only a few starts this season, but he seems to be much improved this season his command looks sharp his mental toughness looks sharp he just looks confident on the mound and you know there was an interesting quote that he kind of gave me when I was down at spring training he said I feel like I got my slider back and that slider is an essential pitch for John you know paired with his power electric fastball that wipeout slider really allows him to continue to be deceptive on the mound but just to look at John Gray's last few starts here his last time out against Philadelphia he went six innings pitched allowing two hits no earned runs Four walks, which is a bit shaky, but striking out five batters. And it's really encouraging because obviously four walks is never a good thing for any starting pitcher, but the fact that he gave up the four walks and still managed to, you know, allow no runs to cross the plate is a huge step for him. You know, the big knock on John was he could be strong for a couple innings and whatnot, and then the big inning comes and everything spills over, and he's given up three, four, five, six, seven runs, you know, you know, in a matter of a couple innings, and and, you know, he really doesn't give the Rockies a chance. He's done a really, really solid a job here recently of keeping the Rockies in ballgames, and not just doing that, but mowing down his opponent. His previous start before the one in Philadelphia was at San Diego. John went seven innings, allowing just three hits and one earned run, while striking out five batters. So, you're seeing a lot better balance, command, and control from John on the mound. And obviously, you're going to look for that to continue, and when he takes the mound uh, in a couple of days here against the Atlanta Braves, but he is one of the X factors of this Rockies rotation. You know, like I said, they didn't inve- they didn't go after a Gio Gonzalez. They're not going after a Dallas Keuchel. You know, they really weren't rumored to any starting pitchers in the offseason, You know, Daniel Murphy being their only you know marquee move. The Rockies, this this applies to their pitchers and their position players. They are banking internally on their talent to. Blossom this season. Guys like Gray, guys like Ryan McMahon, Sentatella. Tyler Anderson, Chad Bettis—they're banking on guys that struggled last year to come back stronger this year and be improved, and you know, kind of grow internally in that sense. And John has embodied that to the fullest. You know, I was able to speak with him uh, right before the Rockies went on the road for this road trip, and like I said, I'll reiterate it—he's confident and he's cool, calm, and collective on the mound, which is fantastic because listen, he was regarded as the perennial, you know, the the go-to guy in this Rockies rotation a couple seasons ago. Everyone thought he was their ace, and he really fell off last year. So this is a really big prove it season for gray and he's done a phenomenal job so far so you know hats off to him you hope that continues for the rockies sake because if he can develop and mature into the pitcher that they thought he could be when he was coming up through their system their rotation along with freeland and herman marquez is going to be one of the best most young it's going to be young it's going to be durable it's going to be solid for the foreseeable future so john gray's development is really really important to the Rockies' staff uh, moving over here, game three of the, the final game of this series will be Tyler Anderson going up against Kevin Goss from the Atlanta Braves. Listen, Anderson is a mixed bag, guys. It's really, really frustrating to see him go out there. He's 0-2 this season with a t- an ERA of 12. I mean, yes, it's still early, but an ERA of 12 is unacceptable. And he already went on the injured list one, at one point this season due to inflammation in his knee. You know, the, the Rockies gave him an opportunity to kind of find his footing, try to catch his breathing, and, you know, put his head back on straight. And that just hasn't happened here so far. You know, like I said, whenever you have an ERA over 12, it's it's not encouraging. It's, it really isn't. And they really there's it's so frustrating with Anderson because if you remember last year when the Rockies were in the postseason, he went out there and dealt. He dealt in that National League division series and was a really, really useful commodity for the for the Rockies in that series. Uh and you know, he he has just looked nothing like that at all. Um, on the mound here recently. And it's just really disheartening for the Rockies, considering that, you know, again, this was one of the guys that they were banking on being consistent and, you know, stepping up to the plate this season and delivering, you know, big time for them. He's 29 years old, so he's getting a little up there in terms of age. The developmental process is certainly coming to an end for him. Last time out, he was just dismal. Hardly just three innings, allowing four hits, five runs, giving up a home run, walking three batters. And, you know, the start before that wasn't much better. He went four innings, allowing nine hits, allowing six runs. In addition to two home runs and three walks, I mean, just two awful starts for Anderson here so far. Um, you know, he was not good in his, in his first start of the season against Miami as well, only managing to go five innings while allowing five during runs. So I don't know what the threshold is with Anderson. You know, Peter Lambert is a guy that has gotten a lot of attention in the Rockies farm system. Jeff Hoffman was a little bit shaky. Um he uh, and his spot start here a couple a couple days ago so there really isn't an answer you, you know for the a clear cut answer that the Rockies can kind of slide into the back end of the rotation right now maybe Chad Bettis maybe but I, I just don't know. It seems like Bettis is very comfortable in his new relief role, um, You know, and that was the big thing. He came in in relief of Anderson in his last start and hurled three scoreless innings, nine up, nine down, and was really, really effective. And, and the knock on Bettis has been you know, when you get him through the third time in the lineup and whatnot, that's when he struggles. And, and Bettis is kind of Embodied this idea of becoming a relief pitcher. He, and he said, quote, he's able to step on the gas a little bit more in a relief role because you know he's only going to face a lineup once, maybe twice. And because of that, he, you know, he he's able to sit between 92 to 95 miles an hour with his velocity, as opposed to 87 to 90, which is where he sits as a starter. So, you know, I, from the Rockies perspective, I think shifting Chad Bettis to the bullpen was an excellent idea. I think he'll thrive there. And like I said, if Tyler Anderson cannot figure things out, they're gonna have a big, big question mark at the back end of the or at the back end of that rotation moving forward, you know, guys like Dallas Keiko are still out there. I, I don't know if the Rockies would be willing to engage, in, you know, in the amount of money that Keuchel would like for one season. I'm just not sure. Um, but it, you know, if the if this trend keeps up with the Rockies struggling pitching wise, definitely want to keep an eye on them um, come the trade deadline to see what they might do. Maybe try to add a starter and whatnot. But if Tyler Anderson continues on the path that he's on. I just don't see, I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what the threshold is for him because this team is playing well. The starting rotation for the most part is pitching well minus Anderson. And you can't just keep throwing a guy out there every fifth day if he's going to continue to struggle. So um, this start against Atlanta is going to be big for Tyler Anderson. And really his his Future with the Rockies organization. You know, they, they need to decide, hey, can this guy be a consistent, a reliable starter for us moving forward? Or do we need to maybe reinvent him as a pitcher and shift him to the bullpen a la Chad Bettis? You know, these are decisions that are going to have to be made for the Rockies moving forward. So definitely intrigued to see how this one's going to play out. Um, you know, uh, as this kind of progresses here, but you know, enough about the pitching staff. It's been really good. One thing I do want to hit on with the with the bullpen is Brian Shaw has been superb. He was god awful last season, about as awful as you could possibly be, and he's bounced back really, really nicely this season for the Rockies. He's been a real reliable arm for Bud Black, considering the injuries to Jake McGee and Chris Russon. So uh, Brian Shaw has been doing a fantastic job. Uh, he was also one of those pitchers that went up to drive line along with John Gray and Jake McGee and a couple others, I believe, to kind of reinvent himself as a pitcher. Um, so really good signs that Brian Shaw, who the Rockies, you know, gave a three-year contract to, uh, you know, last offseason. Um, definitely encouraging to see that he's, you know, bouncing back. Let's talk about the offense. You know, I kind of talked about here in the earlier part of this podcast that they were injured. You know, you saw Ryan McMahon go down, you saw Daniel Murphy go down, you saw David Dahl go down, and, and now all three of those guys are back in the lineup. McMahon and Dahl returned in the homestand. Murphy returned in the tail end of that homestand. Um, he 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 returned Wednesday afternoon to against his former team, the Washington Nationals, after just magi- missing a majority of the season with a broken left index finger. And, and the index finger, according to Bud Black... That was more... He he never really struggled with hitting once it kind of healed. It was catching the ball. You know, the pain of receiving the ball into the mitt and all that stuff. So that seems to have subsided. He got a handful of the bats down in A Albuquerque with the isotopes before being recalled. And, and when he was called up, Bud Black has confidence in his veteran. He slid him right there in the three-hole. Murphy had a base hit and also worked a walk. I think he's going to be... An absolute beast for the Rockies moving forward, a a total stabilizer in the middle of that Rockies lineup, which is, you know, really power heavy with guys like David Dahl, Trevor Story, and Nolan Arenado, and and even Blackman for that matter. You know, Murphy is a gap to gap hitter, a solid contact hitter, a guy that. You know, is going to be a reliable bat. He has a career batting average a hair. He's hitting 299 for his career entering this season, so just a hair under 300. Um, and when hitting second and hitting cleanup, he has a batting average over 300. So, you know, I you know, take those stats into account when playing half of your games a year at Coors Field. I think Daniel Murphy is going to be fantastic for the Rockies here moving forward, so long as he stays healthy. He's a three time All Star and a two time Silver Slugger Award winner at second base. You know, I know he's playing first base, which is definitely good because the Rockies that was a major position of need for them and it's interesting too because in his introductory press conference murphy kind of talked about how he's more comfortable playing first base than he is at second base despite the fact that he's played second base for a majority of his career so murphy seems to be comfortable he likes the idea of playing at coors field he's a natural contact hitter that will be able to get on base hit doubles gap to gap really really solid addition to the rockies lineup uh, now that he's back and healthy he's uh I believe he's in there tonight. I believe he's in cleanup. If I remember correctly, let me pull this one up for you guys. I'm like I had it up and then I like took it down, but I don't know what what, what I'm doing with my computer. Um, but yeah, Daniel Murphy, like I said, just a really excellent player for the Rockies a really nice pickup their only marquee pickup of the after of the offseason here's the lineup um, we have Charlie Blackman hitting leadoff Trevor Story hitting second Aaron third Murphy hitting uh, fourth which is a one drop from his last game Dahl hitting fifth Desmond, Desmond hitting sixth Ryan McMahon hitting seventh Drew Butera hitting eighth and John Gray hitting not John Gray uh, Antonio Sensatella excuse me hitting ninth that, that's about as healthy of a lineup as the Rockies have been able to put together all season so really good stuff from them And overall, collectively, the Rockies' lineup has really been firing on all cylinders lately. I I mean, they've done a really good job of stringing hits together, you know, which plagued them earlier on. Really, just getting contributions all over the place. Charlie Blackman especially has been stepping it up. Um, you know, he's really started to heat up and has continued su- he's continued his success now. Hopefully that will carry over into the Atlanta series. Um, he hit his 612 612- he hit a home run in the fourth inning of his last game, which was good for the six hundred and twelfth career run scored of his career, which surpassed Vinny Castilla for the sixth most and in- sixth most as a tongue twister in franchise history. Um, and, and listen, he was the Rockies' hottest hitter in the homestand, hitting three eighty-eight collectively. Over that uh, over that stretch. So really good stuff from Blackman. Another guy that's been making a name for himself is Romel Tapia. And this is a make or break season for Tapia. He's out of options. He's kind of going back and forth with Ian Desmond for consistent playing time. And he's really, really did a good job. He hit home runs in three games in a row. So he had a three game home run streak that ended in the Rockies last game. But he did have a clutch, clutch at bat Wednesday when he collected a pair of hits, including a bases-clearing double that pushed the Rockies ahead 4-3 to three in the bottom of the third inning, um, a lead that the Rockies were able to maintain throughout the entirety of the game. Um, Tapia has logged hits in 14 of his last 18 games and is hitting 320 in that span as well. So really good stuff from Ramel Tapia. Nolan Arenado looks to be dialed in. I believe Trevor Story is currently on a 13-game hitting streak. I know he, he was riding that hitting streak for a hot minute there. I don't think it ended, so... Story, you know, looking good. Murphy looking healthy, feeling good. Blackman coming into his own. Ramel Tapia coming into his own. Even Ian Desmond has been doing a good job at not putting the ball on the ground as much and lifting it. Some sack flies here and there. Um, You know, Ryan McMahon is young, David Dahl is young, but both of them have put some really good swings on the ball so far this season. So, really, really encouraging signs from this Rockies club as they continue to move forward in this 162 game season that is a major league schedule. So, definitely going to be interesting to see how this all pans out, but it, it looks like the Rockies are getting back to being themselves, which is a great thing. You know, early on, it was a little murky. What happened? They barely missed DJ e. Lemayhu and Adam Adavino that much. But, you know, recently guys like McMahon, Dahl, Tapia, Murphy, Arenado, Story, Sensatella, Marquez, Freeland, I mean, the list goes on and on. They've really been doing a good job of playing as a unit, playing as a team, and playing just good collective baseball all the way around, you know, headed by manager Bub Black. You know, they, they never once panicked. There was no sense of worry or frustration. You know, there was definitely frustration, but, you know, not, oh, this is the end of the world. We're not going to get out of this. Uh, We're we're a bad team. No, you know, this team has remained confident. Through thick and thin, they they are an even keeled team and they ride that wave. You know, for good or for bad, they they do a really good job of trying to stay level headed. You know, through the goods through the good and the bad that comes with a hundred and sixty two game season. So definitely going to be something to keep an eye on here. You know, how this team continues to trend as they move out of April, um, looking to try to finish April with a five hundred record, maybe even a game or two above that. You know, which considering the circumstances where they lost, I believe it really was what eleven of twelve games. That's a major win and a major positive for them. So. definitely Definitely some cool trends that are going on right now offense is clicking, pitching is starting to get going, you know, minus Tyler Anderson, but maybe he gets going in this Atlanta series, so a lot of stuff to keep an eye on um, in this upcoming series against Atlanta, and also this four-game set against Milwaukee before they return home to Coors Field for a homestand. So, you're going to want to check out MyLifeSports.com if you consider yourself a diehard Rockies fan. I'm going to be writing all the takeaways this weekend. Um, next, The weekend after that is actually my birthday weekend. I'm actually turning 21, so it's going to be a, a little bit of a ruckus, per se, so I'm, I'm taking all the duties this weekend and I'm going to have a little bit of time off for myself to hang out with the family and the friends next weekend and celebrate the coming of adulthood per se Um, so again check out milehighsports.com where you can find all of my recaps takeaways Luke is going to be having some fantastic feature articles up in the meantime as well Uh, I think I have a cool article going up it's written I don't know when we're going to post it on Ryan McMahon and kind of the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of becoming a consistent major league player and getting consistent at bats and playing time so you're going to want to check that out I had a really cool piece on Chad Bettis and his transformation into a relief pitcher that went up a couple days ago. Some great insight from Chad talking about how Scott Oberg and Wade Davis have kind of been instrumental in helping him reinvent himself as a relief pitcher. Lots of good stuff. Again, you're going to have podcasts You know, every couple of days coming from either Luke or myself, feature articles, takeaways, columns, not just on the Rockies, but on all four major sports teams and the Colorado Rapids and the CU Buffs and the CSU Rams. So be sure to check out MyLifeSports.com for all of the latest in the world of Denver sports. I know the Nuggets have a Game 7 tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs. The Avalanche getting ready to get going against the San Jose Sharks. It is a great time to be a sports fan and a Colorado sports fan at that. Just apex of sports fandom right now if you live in Colorado and you grew up rooting for these teams. So um, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Media by AP if you want to stay up with all my stuff. Also on Instagram at AVP.media if you're into that kind of stuff. I, I have some cool posts on there and whatnot. Um, but yeah, big, big seven game roadie for the Rockies here coming up starting tonight in Atlanta. Um, you know, this has been the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast. And I'm Anilapiro, your host, signing off. We'll talk to you next time, guys.